Piney Town Library. Thanks for joining us. We're coming to you straight out of the library with town news, community updates, book recommendations, and an interview with a local person of interest. My name is Bonnie and I am the director of the Dayland Memorial Library and with me today is Joanne Kitchell, our children's program director. Hello. Amy Wyman, our interlibrary loan specialist. Hi, everybody. And you're not going to believe it, but we got the band back together. <laughs> Madison Safer is back in the house. Can we just clap? Can we just clap? Thank God the audio is going to be better. There's not going to be a metronome sound in the background this time. That was my fault. I didn't know what I was doing. It was COVID, so we all know. Um, and we also have here outside in the back of the library with us, Sophia, our teen library assistant. Uh, we're going to interview at the end because she's getting ready to go to college. Mm. So we're sad. So we, we got to find out five questions from her at least, right? Okay. It is so good to be back together, but I do want to set the scene. It is mm. fast forward. I last I listened to the last podcast, which we all know was the end of March and it was so sad and it was cold and miserable out. And right now it's about 92 degrees, mm -hmm. perfectly sunny, August. And we are in the back of the library. The gardens are flourishing. And this is where we normally have the summer reading program. Mm -hmm. And it's just hordes of children running around and remnants of some reading program would be around. But that's not what happened this summer. So we're going to talk about that in the podcast a little bit later. Uh, but it is wonderful to be out back here. And we are sitting in brand new lawn chairs. They're fabulous. Uh, with fun pillows. We're socially distanced. And uh, these were a donation to the library. And they're needed now. You have to, if you want to go to a place that has Wi-Fi and you want to sit down, um, there's not many places anymore that are free and open to the public. So this area back here, how many do we have? Six? Six chairs, comfy pillows, come visit the library in, what do we call it? The we got to make a cool name for it. <laughs> Social distance lounge or something like that. Uh, so... I, I would be tempted to talk about all that has happened since March, but that would take hours. And we know that our <laughs> listeners only have about 45 minutes, maybe an hour to listen to us. So we are going to just talk about the library reopening. So the library reopened in June after a couple of months of working remotely. Yep. And that was interesting. No one ever said, hey, do you want to work from home? Because I would have been like, no, I love being in the library. But we were forced uh, to leave during shutdown mm -hmm. and figure out how we could work from home. And then we, during that time, we developed a four-phase plan to reopen. We couldn't just be closed and then be open. That, that didn't make sense. We had to figure out how to open safely. And we are currently in phase two. So phase one was, hey, we're gonna do inventory, we're going to take webinars, we're gonna write grants, we're gonna do things that we can do from home mm -hmm. and deliver it virtually. And then we were excited to enter phase two because that allowed us to open the library with curbside pickup, which has been going awesome. Yep. And we'll talk a little Very bit about good. that later. So we are in, I'm gonna say phase 2.7. We are getting so <laughs> close to reopening. There's a lot of criteria we have to meet and we would never say a date, even though I'm aiming for September 8th, the same kind of week that school's opening. Never put a date, that's what the state library says. Don't say a date. Then if you miss the date, people are like, you said a date, you said a date. So we are gonna work, work towards that. And I do wanna thank the New Hampshire State Library. They did an amazing job of compiling resources for all the librarians in New Hampshire, giving us guidance, not just about, you know, how can you get people back in your library, but a lot of safety issues and concerns, specifically the safety of the materials. So that was one of the reasons we closed. We didn't know if sharing books was safe. So thanks to a project called the Realm Project, uh, they studied library and museum materials very specifically to see when is it safe to hand them back to a patron and sharing? So the rules are pretty simple. Uh, the virus does die tremendously uh, after the first day, but you really need three days, three days of quarantine materials to make sure it's perfectly staff, uh, perfectly safe. And what is the one material that takes four days? Anyone librarian? I know, I know. What's the answer? It's a magazine. And who cares about magazines, right? Like, <laughs> okay, we care about magazines, but we will wait four days for magazines, but everything else is free. And then with an abundance of caution, we will be wiping all of the materials because during that shutdown period, we were trying to compile PPE because we thought, oh, we have to wipe every material. Like we might have to Clorox every material and we're trying to imagine how that's going to work. So we have a ton of wipes here and we should have been wiping books down anyways, right? So uh, as the books are coming in, we're checking them in and wiping them down and holding them for a couple of days, three days. 
and then they go back out. So that was all that we found out that gets us a little bit closer to reopening. And then I kind of want to talk to each of you individually about what you did during that period of time of teleworking and then kind of where we are today. Um, the high, maybe the highlights. So like the highlight for me was in March, uh, we applied for a CARES Act grant through New Hampshire Humanities. And that seems like a long time ago, but uh, New Hampshire Humanities shot out an email to all libraries and said, hey, we've got $300,000 to distribute, apply for a grant, it's limited and it's gotta be in by Friday. And I was like, that's a fat chance. We're not getting that grant, you know? But I'm like, if I have time, I'll do it. Well, we had time to write grants. So the trustees pushed me and said, hey, apply for this. What do you need? And I'm like, I need Hoopla. I need Hoopla Digital. This is a service we've never asked the town to pay for. It's about three grand. It's an experiment. I don't know if the community is going to use it. I don't even know how much money we need for it. What is it? It's a pay for play digital service. Okay. So 750,000 titles available and they're movies, television shows, music, magazines, book, ebooks, and audiobooks. An incredible selection. But here's the trick. When you borrow it with your library card, the library gets charged for the purchase. And if it's something that's old, eh, 49 cents. But if it's something brand new, Taylor Swift's folklore album, they're probably going to hit us for like $4.99 on that. But it averages out at the end of the month to be fairly reasonable. So because we got this grant, we were able to purchase a subscription to Hoopla Digital, provide it to all of our community. All you have to have is a library card. You log in, you start borrowing, and so far so good. The statistics are amazing. People are using it. I personally use it for audiobooks. Amy, are you using audiobooks? It? Audiobooks. Yeah. Have you tried it yet, Joanne? I only tried it um, for my new book, book clubs, just new. to see what is what's available. And it's awesome. And I listened to Folklore, Taylor Swift's new album. This nice. was shocking to me because I was like, the day Folklore came out, it was on Hoopla. <gasps> That's amazing. I, it was amazing. So I listened to the whole album while I was cleaning the house. And then I'm like, okay, now I want to get it on Spotify. Like, it's a borrow. Like, you're only borrowing it. So, like, I don't own Folklore. But I listened to the whole thing, and I thought that was really cool of Hoopla. You know, they probably paid a fortune to have it, but... Good choice, good choice. So I am thrilled to be able to deliver that to the community at no cost to the taxpayer, right? And then we had 50 people sign up for online library cards without even having to come into the library. And I think it was because they wanted to try Hoopla, they wanted to overdrive, and that's how we were delivering content to people for a short period of time while the library was closed, almost two months. Um, the digital services were essential. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I wrote in the grant and they granted it to us. So. What I didn't know is that they only gave like 69 grants out, $300,000, 69 grants. So we were super lucky because awesome. they invited every library in New Hampshire to apply for this grant and it was up to $10,000 you could ask for. So uh, quite a coup, feels a little like a lottery ticket, you know, yay. And then it's a declining balance. We will track statistics and then if our town is really using it when it comes to budget season, exciting news about what happened during COVID and now Hoopla is just part of our language. Have you borrowed it on Hoopla? You know, and I hope people are trying it. So I'm going to have Amy talk about what happened to ILL. ILL, so interlibrary loan. Uh, when the world went sideways, interlibrary loan had to be shut down. Um, so it hasn't, we haven't had a van pickup or delivery since March 13th. The good news is that the state library just announced this past week that they are sending bands out starting this week to pick up materials that are at libraries. So they're not, they won't be delivering any new materials yet. So we can't make requests yet. But everything that we have, we have two completely full to the brim bins that are just ready to go back. And those bins will get picked up on Friday. And they, they've said it might take a couple weeks to kind of work through getting all these books returned to all the libraries. But then hopefully, fingers crossed, once that happens, I'm thinking they'll get everybody a week to let the justice we'll get all the books checked back in and make sure everybody's got what they need. And then I'm hoping in September uh, that they'll start up with regular ILL service again. Again, like you said, they, they, they haven't set a date. They there's won't. No, there's no, there's no, they haven't pro projected any dates, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. I can't imagine they, 
they know everybody wants this service again. You know, we've got patrons here even. People are just clamoring for it. When can I get a book through ILL again? So, Well, and ILL is essential to get our book clubs up and running again. Absolutely. Right? So we love Hoopla and New Hampshire Overdrive to borrow materials, and that's how we've been doing book clubs, but it's really restrictive. You have to pick what's on those two platforms. And, you know, New Hampshire Overdrive isn't simultaneous borrowing, so, like, only one person gets to borrow that book in the Mm -hmm. whole state. So, yeah, fingers crossed for ILL. Such an important service, and that's one of our criteria for opening up in September is Mm -hmm. if ILL is back open, we need to be back open to the public so they can be making those requests. And you can still get it in curbside pickup, but it's Mm -hmm. it's so essential for our book club. So thank you for the update on that. Mm-hmm. And then you provided an awesome service this summer, um, since we've kind of we were closed and reopened, called yes. Digital Picks. Yep, Dale and Digital Picks every Wednesday. Uh, I've done that. It started in April. I actually went back. We I've done sixteen different <gasps> themes. That many? Sixteen. Yep. I went back and counted because I was curious because I wasn't didn't remember. So sixteen weeks of recommendations, um, time travel, beach reads, memoirs, books by women of color, among many other topics it's been about 12 books every week and as the title Dalen Digital Picks suggests it's all things that are available digitally through either Overdrive, Libby, or Hoopla. Will you continue Dalen Digital Picks? I do want to continue it. It's it's been a lot of fun for me. I mean I read a lot but even I feel like even so in, in each of the different themes I feel like every week there have been maybe half the books that I'm showcasing are books that I've read so um, every week as I'm looking for books that I need to display um, I'm finding books that I want to read books that I'm interested in by the themes things that I've even I've never heard of so that's been that's been fun for me to add to my want to read list as well as sharing all the titles with the community well we all know you're the best at book recommendations and i have to tell you i won't say the patron's name but i had a patron come in um clearly fatigued and she was like i don't even know what i want to read i just need a recommendation and i'm standing right there and i'm like i will get you something she said no i want amy to pick something okay i'll leave it for amy in the morning you know and i had to laugh because i'm like yes there is a trust level there that your recommendations are the best and Mm -hmm. i think she felt like you knew what she liked and what she would read so Thank you for your extra work for digital picks. That was awesome for that period of time. And I'm glad to hear that they're going to keep going. Yep. So, all right, Joanne. Summer reading. This was like a huge sadness in yep. the spring when we were thinking, oh my gosh, we're not having the summer reading program because um, we planned the summer reading program like all year. Mm-hmm. And we had visions of a beanstalk out front and like all kinds of what's the interior going to look like. And oh, the, the interior. I'm so I sad know. About. I'm sad about that. And mm-hmm. there's a lot to be sad about when you're mourning the loss of the program. But I am not sad at all because I think you did an amazing job um, pivoting and presenting an alternative choice to an in-house summer reading program. Talk a little bit about how you were able to um, still deliver the summer reading program to the children and what was the theme? Okay, so the theme every year is a national theme. We don't pick it. We're told by the uh, library gods what the theme <laughs> is going to be and this year it was about fairy tales and we got boxes from Craig Nader who is um, a, a man in town that helps us all the time he has a cardboard company do you know the name of it? I don't know the name of it shoot sorry Craig Nader we'll put um, it in the show notes okay we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> he is so um, he's so generous with the library anything I ever ask him for I'll say is this too much or am I polite or rude and he'll just laugh and give me whatever I want and so I had a hundred boxes we all worked together to put together uh, the book and a bunch of things to keep you entertained yeah because we usually just give out at registration like here's a calendar join Mm -hmm. us for crafts every week and we're gonna have this and we're gonna have that and here's your reading log so we had to put eight weeks of a summer reading program in one box 
Yeah. When usually we do it week by week and we spend all the time one week getting ready for the next mm -hmm. week. It, I felt like it was a crunch to fill that box. And I sure our library assistant could testify to all that we made her do yeah, <laughs> to get a hundred of everything in. Yeah. And Amy had to design a bunch of stuff. Oh, mm -hmm. that was the other thing. The summer reading program materials were nada. The, ah. the art had collapsed mm -hmm. and you couldn't order like the, the advertising poster, the bookmarks, the reading locks, things that we always just kind of order. Right. Um, Amy had to design those and yep. we had to print a hundred of them and get one in every box. Yep. So. so we had, so, so one thing that I, that because I had, have two children that just went through several months of online learning, I felt like uh, probably the children and the parents were ready for a break from online virtual things and so the idea of a virtual summer reading program was making me like angry I didn't want to do it so we had all kinds of things we had coloring sheets I made one our local awesome children's book illustrator Jill Weber made one Amy put together some from some of the art that we had available to us and we had um, scavenger hunts bingo cards and we had all kinds of things um, and also art supplies because I've noticed that not every family has the kind of art supplies that I have. I'm in an artistic family and I have everything. That <laughs> That's you could the ever understatement have. of the year. So <laughs> I wanted to what? make sure that they had an outlet for creativity. So everybody had a watercolor kit. That was cool. And blue stick and pom-poms and googly eyes. Everybody had this in this amazing, beautiful box. So it started with that, and then every week we would offer up another craft for, I would say 40, but then I would do extra 50 kits I would put together for that next week's craft. That took an amazing amount of time. Right, because they weren't just little crafts. It would take me three days to put together 50 crafts. Um, like full, full days of well, putting everything in and writing out the direction every directions. Sheet. Yeah, right. Because we, we would normally have the kids yeah, out here in the back, here. and you would tell them all the directions. Uh, and so I would always, and also sometimes someone very, very small was signing up, and sometimes they would be big. So it was just very time intensive. Mm -hmm. At summer reading program normally is time intensive, but this was just completely different. Was the summer reading program and um well i think you're leaving out some really important parts of the summer reading program okay. like the puppet theater <laughs> shows from your home Absolutely. that were amazingly produced i have heard from other librarians are like oh my god your children's librarian is like i'm like you have no idea how technology challenged she is but you would never know because thanks to your husband and your children i'm mm -hmm. sure that they were the puppet actors and your husband does editing but like yep. with your direction you're the director i'm the director and you were the the narrator i mean the we whole thing we made the puppets we made the stages and sometimes we rewrote if something was just too horrible uh -huh. um, for my ears. My um, 18 year old feminist daughter would just have a fit and she would say, I'm not saying that. I am not saying that. So we would like sort of work it, but at the same time being true to well, the story. I think you had an adult audience to be honest with you. A lot of the people that were liking it when we put, we put it out on the library page and then we'd share it on our town Facebook mm -hmm. page chatter. Uh, people with no children are just like, I like it in comedy. <laughs> so I have to say it was very soothing when it came up as, you know, someone who was watching it also. Like, it was nice to hear Little Red Riding Hood and Rapunzel. It's a good reminder of the fairy tales, but your production was really great. So you undersold yourself on, that's all I did for summer, you know, <laughs> no big deal. And then I, you also did a phenomenal job on the story walk. Talk about the story walk because it's still up. It's still up and I'm just getting ready to put up the next story. So the story walk is another way for people, families to read together without being stuck in their house because um, let's face it, we're not supposed to go anywhere really and we're not supposed to gather in groups. Um, but I got permission from the what, what is Conservation Commission. Conservation Commission. 
um, they have we have a lovely little pond in town just down the street from the library and I got permission to put up a story walk I'd never done one before um, but I found a perfect story called Over in the Meadow. It's from 1957, so it's very vintage, and it's a song. And so we put it up. It's still there, and you walk along the pond, and there's a page of the book every every so often. And uh, then at the end, the song is there, so you can sing it. And people have told me that... Um, their kids would be so excited and they would sing or there's one spread that has no words on it and one little girl was so relieved there was no words on that page um so it was it's a beautiful book in a beautiful mm -hmm. setting I love that follows pond. all the rules of you know social distancing getting the parents mm -hmm. out getting the grandparents out you could read it 10 times and it, you would find something new in the yeah. illustrations i loved it it's really lovely and i've just purchased that's exciting. So stay tuned. I can't wait to see. Uh, we also got the feedback that people had never been to the pond before. Mm -hmm. So you assume because it's right on Main Street that, oh, everybody's been there or you got to drive by it to get the dump. But if you live on Kendall Hill Road, you might not be doing a flyby of Carlton Pond, mm -hmm. you know? So I felt like it got people to their project. Um, and I, I did go to the Conservation Commission meeting to thank them because I thought it was a win-win for both of us. We were able Absolutely. to share that space with a, a community that maybe hadn't been there before. And it is a children's fishing pond, so mm -hmm. hopefully we'll see more and more fishing there. So I thank you for your dedication, both of you. Um, awesome. I, I don't think we could have done it without the collaboration of everybody. It was right. a real push. And thanks to, you know, Craig with the boxes and Toadstool with the fast order. So many parts, you know, came mm -hmm. together at the last minute. And then we did open the doors. That was the, the week that we opened the library. So the delivery of that box was curbside pickup, like almost the first curbside pickup. And then we opened Monday morning for book curbside pickup. So perfect timing, um, but a crush, a bit of a crush. So I thank you for your dedication. And it's over it's now. Welcome. We can relax. Yes. You can relax. Moving on to the next thing. Um, uh, normally, this is the part where we talk about save the dates, but you should not save the date for anything. <laughs> if we have learned anything from COVID, do not look forward to anything. It's likely to be canceled. Oh, it's true. It's true. So here's some bad news. Um, Mount Vernon Recreation did cancel Spring Gala back in May. And uh, the only part of Spring Gala that we got to participate in was the virtual parade. Did we get a trophy? We got a trophy. My family got Two trophies. The Kitchell Hip household was represented. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my prizes, but All right. that's okay. Oh, you, oh, that's right. I don't think I won anything. So. <laughs> nope. Heather Kennedy, we're waiting for our prizes. <laughs> I decorated a Barbie convertible. I loved your, um, love your For our friend of the year. Meg Baker was our friend of the year. She certainly was. And she would have been perched at the top of a convertible mm -hmm. with a big sign that said friend yep. of the year and she would have had a fancy hat on so I went ahead and went and got a Barbie <laughs> and dressed her up like Meg Baker <laughs> and it was a remote control hat. car and we videotaped it and so I thought I was the winner right like I'm like this is a win I am slaying it was really good but then I saw your Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> and I was like I am not winning. You I, did. I think you won something. I think I tied for fourth. Oh, oh. <laughs> Riley's was so good. Riley's Scully. He did act, stop action. Is that what you call it? Yep. With all the um, emergency vehicles. Yeah, I thought he was going to I thought he was the sure. winner, but I think it was Rob. He got third place or something. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so back to saving the date. Um, don't save the date for things. Summer concert series had to be canceled because we were at a point where there were no gatherings, no large gatherings, and that was sad. But... Um, it's rained every Wednesday night anyway, so we would have had to cancel. I've been keeping track. <laughs> and the latest cancellation, this is sad, Lamson Farm is canceled. So um, I don't think they're willing to change their event to make it so different that it could be safe. And I get that too, right? Like, right. don't change it so much. It's such a tradition that if you can't do the chicken barbecue and the hay rides and the pony rides and everything, that maybe you should just pass on it. And um, the, the only save the date you should be focusing on right now is back to school, right? Right. So, but don't count on that date because they've already changed that date. So we're going back August 30th, but no, September 2nd and 3rd. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. So I've been participating in as many mm -hmm. Zoom meetings as possible. So currently you should have your kids ready to go on the bus on the 2nd or 3rd. We're ready for online learning, whatever choice that you chose. We have time. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But okay. So this is the point where we talk about what's happening at the library. 
and I would say that we made a big, um, I called it a virtual pivot, but we had no choice but to deliver, if we were going to do programs, they had to be either on Zoom or delivered like you, story times, you know, kind of recorded and launched. So moving towards the fall, uh, we'll be doing a variety of programs. I do want to mention a program I just wrapped up. We did a Black Lives Matter community read, uh, New Hampshire Overdrive applied for that same grant that we did. It got um, $10,000 and we're able to purchase multiple issues of certain titles. So like you, one title cost $200, they bought 10, you know, so that there could be more. And there was an opportunity to borrow five titles that had to do with race relations. So they called it Black Lives Matter Community Reads. So we jumped on that and we borrowed, um, well, me and white supremacy. Yeah, we didn't borrow it, but we, right. we encouraged all of our patrons to use their cards to borrow me and white supremacy. And that title is like a workbook mm -hmm. for white people to figure out how they are racist, right? right. So um, you say, oh, I don't see color. Um, that's called colorblindness. Mm -hmm. And you do see color and you do you know, react a certain way based on your experiences. So this was a 28 page, um, you had a journal every day and there were writing prompts about, uh, I, I learned a whole new language that I knew nothing about, right? So mm -hmm. um, white entitlement, white supremacy, white silence, white silence. guilty, totally also, guilty. Mm -hmm. So uh, this book, we spent three weeks exploring. So the, we originally put it up, Barbara Liscord was our facilitator, wonderful patron, community member who sent me a note and said, hey, I really want to do something with Black Lives Matter right now. Is there a book? And I'm like, yeah, New Hampshire Overdrive has this amazing selection. Let's do it. It just perfectly lined up. Her email came to us and um, we were able to pull people together to discuss this really important matter. So we just wrapped up this week and because we did that book, there is a cry for that book. There's a cry for a new book club. So we are going to put out a book club and it's going to be titled Black Books Matter and it will be a selection of titles, nonfiction and fiction, with either a black author or the focus is racism so that we can continue to have this discussion. And we're going to do four months of it for now to finish up the year and we're going to see if there's enough people in the community that want to participate this and keep the communication going. But I thought it was awesome and I thank New Hampshire Overdrive for putting those titles out there. Our statistics show that 16 people borrowed the book on Overdrive, and I think we had 32 people initially say they were interested in it. Mm -hmm. So good for our community, good discussion that we were not having. I did receive an email from a patron who said, um, in like the most honest way, your collection isn't diverse enough. You're not providing enough books for us to, you know, learn more about how to be less racist. And she was absolutely right. Yeah. Like I 100%. Uh, I at first admittedly said it's true like I don't buy books that I don't think my community is going to read but that is not the mission of the library mm -hmm. uh, our budget is small so I think before the whole Black Lives Matter movement happened I think I would have looked at the anti-racist and said or how to be anti-racist I would have said okay maybe two people are going to read this you know should I get it and clearly it was like on the bestsellers but like mm -hmm. I skipped it right and white fragility mm -hmm. Like, she's like, I can't believe you don't have these books. I'm like, you're right. I can't believe I don't have these books either. So they're on the shelf now. And I know, Joanne, you've always been great about picking a, a variety of books that are really diverse for the kids. But now we see that the picture books that are coming out, mm -hmm. like more are being published. And I'm sure you're working it into story times. I have been. Um, I have been for several months. Um, first, it was my story times online were more about just the sadness and the fear that the kids might have about the global pandemic and I was just really trying to focus on trying to take care of them in that way and then I definitely did a pivot towards uh, social injustice in the books um, and because I think it's important and I have after reading me and white supremacy white silence is big it's big crime I have and Sometimes I would think, well, maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I shouldn't be too um, vocal. Just be, you know, just be a good person, Miss Joanne, and lead by example. And I've um, learned that that is simply not helpful. Not enough. So, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. So um, we're still in that game right now. 
and adult craft night is going to continue. We've had to think about how we can do it outdoors. So tomorrow night we're painting by number, um, you know, for our low art level people who just want to come out and get together. You could be higher or low. I, Madison did our demo and of course she made it high. So of course she did. <laughs> we'll see how the, the low do. I'm in the low group, but uh, we always do or we have just coincidentally done um, in August or September a sunflower painting project because mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense. This is the time of year when mm -hmm. sunflowers are out. So we're gonna do that tomorrow night and see how people do. And then October, uh, we are gonna do lanterns. Joanne- I already started shopping. Yeah, Joanne kicked off the summer reading program, the, per the most amazing craft. It was a large glass lantern and the, the adults were like, what about us? <laughs> This is for the kids. So mm -hmm. I heard your cries and we're adding that in for October and we'll do it outside even if it's chilly. November, very, very end of November, I think we're going to do wreath making. Mm -hmm. If the health of the community still remains, you know, pretty good and we can get outdoors and do something together, uh, we'll make wreaths. And then December, I loved the gingerbread house mm -hmm. project and that could be a curbside pickup. You pick up your gingerbread house, take it home, we'll Zoom and have wine or because <laughs> we can't have wine here. Um, have a drink and maybe some wassail and um, make a gingerbread house at your house and we'll all do it on Zoom. Uh, you never know, maybe we'll be healed by then. Or maybe we could get the NPR. We could get the NPR, yes, That's great a big, idea. Big, so big. We're not gonna drop adult craft night just because it's harder to do, you know, virtually or outside. Mm -hmm. We're gonna keep that going. And um, I believe the Zoom book club has caught on enough that we'll keep book clubs going that mm -hmm. way. Uh, but Amy, do you want to talk about book clubs for you? Sure. Uh, there's so two book clubs that you kind of help facilitate. The, the Monday morning book discussion, they just hit the ground running. Can you believe it? They were zooming. Right. They've done, they've done great. This whole spring, they've kind of made do with what was available to them digitally and kind of worked around what they could get their hands on and they've continued to meet. So good for them. Kudos to them for, you know, adapting. Um, they are meeting September 14th to discuss uh, the Eliza Hamilton book by, I know the, the author's last name is Mateo. Yeah, Talar. Talar and Mateo. So they're meeting then. And then um, the Just the Classics, we've, that book club, we've still kind of just been in uh, a holding pattern. Um, sometimes the classics are harder to find digitally. Um, I'm hopeful with ILL coming back soon that we'll be able to start borrowing books again um, so that we can get just the classics. I could see them meeting outdoors again. too. Like September, like when everyone says, we're just gonna do everything outdoors, like restaurants and everything, it's like, yeah, until October. You know, like the reality is we can't assume that the weather's, you know, going to be appropriate for these things, but, you know, maybe they would want to pull together. I mean, you've got a pretty big group though, 10 or 12 people. It's, it's, it, it varied. Yep. Sometimes that many. Um, I'm hoping, I was just thinking about it today. I'm hoping that uh, the, the October book we were supposed to discuss Frankenstein. Oh. Now there's a word you never heard pre-COVID, Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. But now everybody right. knows exactly, Zoom. and you've had to learn how to do it because, mm -hmm. I mean, if you work, you're either Zooming, WebExing, you know, mm -hmm. something. So people are getting better and better. So you're right. When you first, we sh first shut down, it wasn't, people weren't interested in that. No. But now it's so like, oh, I had to do it for this, or their families are seeing each other through Zoom. Right. So they've right. had to learn how to do it. So. Well, I hope that both those book clubs keep going and we can keep delivering um, items to them. Joanne, you're moving into fall program. What are your ideas for fall programming for the kids? Uh, well, I just sent out the postcards today that Amy made me. The most adorable postcard I've ever seen in my life. Amy. Well, thank you. <laughs> so cute. And um, Bonnie came up with the name, Story and a Stroll. I'm very excited about it. So I we'll, would do that. If I was a mother, I'd be like, on. yes. I'm or a dad. We've got lots of dads and yeah. grandparents. Oh, grandparents too. Yeah. yeah. Come on and Grandpa. So, Maybe some um, nannies. I know it. You never know. So we are a very small building inside, and it will not be possible to have an indoor group for my babies. And now, if we had a new library <laughs> with a giant community room, could we have done this inside? Yes, I just saying. I think we could, but <laughs> it's just too it's too small. Um, our numbers have been growing, thankfully. Um, 
but you cannot fit 23 people in no. the library safely. It just can't happen. So we're going to start outside the month, the four, four Thursdays in September. And it's going to be beautiful every Thursday. Every Thursday. And um, I was just looking at a way. I've got two, a couple ideas of social distance. How to social distance out sign in the yard in a fun way though right it's gonna be fun like maybe we'll all sit on a hula hoop or uh, maybe i'll talk to craig again about i'm thinking about big boxes like drive-in cars like we'll have the drive-in or something so i'm working on that we'll be out start at the library backyard for stories and such plenty of room back here lots of room and then we'll get in our strollers and we will stroll around different parts of the village. So I'm thinking like Cemetery Road, Pond, the gazebo. The, school, the gazebo. There's lots maybe of the firemen want to visit. That they <gasps> or the policemen. Yeah. So that there's is, just not enough weeks. So that is our story <laughs> and stroll. It's from birth to age five. But if you've got somebody, like maybe not all your children are going to school, but you've got a little one, you can bring your bigger children. Um, along. So it feels like you're combining lapsit and story time age children to make one program mm -hmm. so that might help us because we've always had uh, mothers who had one in each yep. and they'd have to pick they're like oh it's preschool I can't be at you know, both yep. places so maybe this will kind of you know yeah. give that one family mm -hmm. of many children an opportunity to come together yeah so I want you to register because I'm putting together a kit that will go home with you like normally inside for story time and lap set we are singing songs about get your bells yeah get the bells and the jackets in the morning old mcdonald and we all hold an animal well we can't do that right now a stuffed animal we can't do that right now so i'm looking into a kit where bonnie you may come and you're going to get a kit and you're going to have your own cow and your own pig and i'm going to take care of that kit yeah. every week i'm going to bring it back that's right and then when it's all done <laughs> put it in a big old vat of bleach and clean it out and start again so that's that's what we're going to do for that one i hope everyone comes there was another thing i wanted to offer during story and a stroll and i know you'll talk about it when they get here but book bundles right we have had um i just want to clap for the mothers who Yay. called us as librarians and said hey can you pick out 12 picture books for me mm -hmm. uh that was one of the joys of my summer yeah. um they would say i need princess books or dinosaurs books or the best was when they said pick whatever you want yeah so i don't know what you did but i like I ran pick and favorites. picked my favorites right <laughs> yeah. i picked my favorites or i thought about that child and i'm like i know what this child needs mm -hmm. this child needs a little angelina ballerina in her life or mm -hmm. whatever it was and um we bundled those books and put their you know to-go wrapper on it out in the Foyer, and I think it was as joyful for them as it was for us mm -hmm. to see what the surprise of the books were and then um, that just kept them coming back to the library yeah. and I feel like those mothers are the ones who completely understand like the whole curbside process and it's not intimidating and you know like they got here and it worked and then they just kept doing it mm -hmm. if it didn't work they wouldn't have called for a second bundle or a third bundle right. but um, that's how you can get books from us you don't have to know what you need just call us and, and we'll pick it for you mm -hmm. I'd be happy to do that for any age child mm -hmm. wouldn't you yes yeah, of, yeah. of course so and and that's our job to mm -hmm. do that so right. that's another service that we're providing people that they don't even know about mm -hmm. So uh, we are at the segment about book recommendations. I don't know if anyone's prepared to talk about what they've been reading. Uh, Amy, I'm sure you have yeah. lots to say. So this is your segment. <laughs> book recommendations. Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I wanted to talk about two books that I read recently, just briefly. Um, I read Big Summer by Jennifer. I read that. Is it, is it Wiener or Weiner? Um, I say Weiner to be appropriate, but <laughs> Joanne's so inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go tomato. So, by Jennifer W. I read Big Summer. So, I, I admit that I, I picked it up. I scanned the inside of the book jacket. It was like Cape Cod, wedding, you know, intrigue, perfect for you. social climber. I'm like, oh, perfect. So, I grabbed it. Mm -hmm. And then and I'm reading and I'm really into it. And then all of a sudden, the book pivots. Mm -hmm. in big a pivot. big way and I went whoa this is not the book I thought it was going to be but it's good I thought it was going to be so, a light beach read yes exactly right no. right but it's got that it's got mm -hmm. the light beach read stuff but then it's also got some more serious stuff and I love stories with social climbers and it's got that whole you know do it for the gram instagram social climber social influencer it's so like, did so modern it's got all that I felt like it. it was very modern that is the perfect yes. thing to say yes. and they were addressing um body shaming they were addressing god just a lot of things in the book that were kind of like right now so mm -hmm. it felt like she might have written it totally. a year ago but you can't tell feels like she pulled right. it from the pages of the news last week so. so that was that was a really fun unexpectedly fun 
good cover read. too. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I love that. And so that's a new book. And then I wanted to mention an older book called The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie. Hmm, so it's by title. it's by Alan Bradley. And we we own this book. And it goes out maybe two times. Did you a year. just return it? I feel I like did. it's a yes. green cover. Yes. I just saw it. It's a very it's a very unique cover. Uh, I feel like I send it out on ILL probably at least two times a year, mm. and every time it would go out, I would say, I want to read this when it comes back, and then I would be busy. I'd have too many other books, so I finally said, all right, it's on the shelf. I'm grabbing that thing, and I'm reading it, and it's a mystery, and it was so entertaining. I loved it, and I found out it's the first book in a series of 10. Oh, oh I want it. There's, t there's 10 books. Is this like series. Outlander where you just can't stop reading? <laughs> I, it may very well be. So the, the main character, her name is Flavia Deleuze. She's an 11-year-old girl. It's set in England in 1950, and it's all about her life, her family, the re her relationships, and then there's a mystery that's happening on top of all of these crazy things. She's very science-y. She's very intelligent, very well-read, very funny. Um... I just really, really, I'm so glad that I finally picked that up. Is it a cozy mystery? To read it. Um, that genre? Is it a cozy mystery? I'm trying to think what happens. I have a lot of it's requests not, for cozy mysteries. I'm yeah. glad you said that. I, we had yes. people who were like, I want a mystery, but I don't want it to be bloody at all. <laughs> and I'm like, Amy! <laughs> I'm like, right. I seem to pick the gory ones. I'm like, <laughs> let me just read it first and I'll give it to you. Right, right. It's not, I don't know. Maybe not I'm, that tame. But, not that tame. Okay. But, but it's um, got a great title. Being that the character, the main character, is an eleven-year-old girl, you mm -hmm. know, there's not there's not too much that it's going to mm -hmm. get up to. At least in this one, I will we'll see what happens as she, she gets, grows. She gets older. older. So mm -hmm. Nine more. We don't have those ten titles. We don't have any. Oh, we got to do some collection I development. That I, I need ILL. <laughs> we need ILL right away. Yeah. I might have to just buy them myself. If it's that good. Shock and horror. Okay. <laughs> Um, so th those are two that I've read recently, and then things that are coming out or have just come out that I'm looking forward to reading, Isabel Wilkerson's new book, Cast, mm -hmm. which she wrote, The Warmth of Other Suns, which run, won the Pulitzer, I believe. Toadstool is holding it currently. It just came out this awesome. week, so it should yep. be ready next week, that maybe Saturday. That's going to be an amazing book. Um, I'm sure it'll win all kinds of awards. And then Fiona Davis has a new book out. Again? Um, she does historical novels, historical fiction. They're all set in New York City. This one's called The Lions of Fifth Avenue. Hmm. Mm. Lions on Fifth Avenue. Library. The library. So, yeah. Fine. So, it's got something Leave it to a writer to write about a library. Yeah. <laughs> so, that one, you know that one will be good. And then... And it was pandemic, so she had lots of time to write, maybe. So, those are out now. And then in September, Ruth Ware has a new book coming out called One by One, which I've, all her books have been so entertaining, that mystery, thriller, kind of suspense vibe. And then um, Yaa Jassy, who wrote Homecoming, yes. had, her new book is Transcendent Kingdom. So that's When's that come out? September. Uh, I didn't write down the date. Okay. But it's, it's that, in that month. Homegoing? Yes. That was on the list for the Black Books Matter. That was one that was suggested. Okay. It's a great story. Um, it's almost definitely going to be on the list. So I need ILL to open up for that one because I couldn't find it at Hoopla. So that might be like November. But Okay, how about you, Joanne? Any memories of a book that you read this summer? Yeah, I brought a couple because I bought these. What? We I know. own that one. You're a sucker for a cover. I'm a, I am. That's a beauty. That one does have a pretty cover. And what, three of us? Have you read it too? No, I haven't read it yet. Well, mm -hmm. so anyway, I thought I would just give it to the library. So um, Conjure Women... That would be fun to share this. with all the women and have them put, like, sign it or put a note in it or something. Mm -hmm. You know the pass-around books that you have? Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like this. I, well, I was on my way to Toadstool in Peterborough listening to NPR, and they were doing book reviews. And, um, oh, no, this one I just got because of the cover. But it's this gorgeous. one. Um, <laughs> because of the cover. But this one they were doing um, book reviews at the end of October, and, you know, I'm also a sucker for um pandemic stories okay can i just tell you something about pandemic stories and yeah. this is what i heard on npr too that book publishers are not purchasing pandemic stories right now mm -hmm. they're like really they, yep, they said yeah. the mood huh. of the book purchaser whatever they are not in the mood to read pandemic right now and they want um light romance like mm -hmm. so that's what they're buying so they said if you spent the pandemic writing a pandemic story 
category. Girl, just put that on the shelf. Don't right. submit wait, that. It's wait, never the next It's not going to get published. Right. Well, I read three pandemic stories. What's this one called? The end of October, Lawrence Wright. Mary Captain Dreamman. I think she liked it. It wasn't my favorite. For, for the pandemic story. Is it a plague? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I still liked Station Eleven. That Absolutely. Was, that was my must favorite. read. That That's was my a must read. And but anyway, sure. I loved Conjure Women. 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 And um, this is Emily's oh, idea. You read that yesterday. It was awesome. Um, I loved it, and so I, I almost made paper dolls myself. Well, at my you're house. going to because <laughs> we are. We're all going to do it because <gasps> because I want to put our own. I want to start our own chain of paper dolls nice. in the library on the trees. I um, cannot wait. Um, I loved this book. Matthew, and you'll have to do it two years. It'll be the best. <laughs> Did you like my commentary on Crayola? Everything. You I were like angry about that. Skin color crayons in a box of eight should, and I agree, have all new colors we've never seen before. Like, don't give me sienna. We already have that. I'm so disappointed because I have been searching. It should have been Caucasian. You know what? They should have had right. new words yeah. and new colors that really are skin colors. And two of the colors were bright white, white and black. And, black. Mm. and then, so anyway, I was so disappointed. Let's I'd send them a letter. I'd Dear been Crayola. searching <laughs> everywhere for the skin color crayons such a good idea and I can do it myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, you'll tell them I will I'm going to tell them all right I'm going to talk about two books that I read quickly right. um the Ellen Hildebrand annual summer novel this oh. year was 28 summers of course highly anticipated loved the whole idea of the book I'll just give you the quick thing if you saw the movie same time next year with Ellen Alda very old movie mm -hmm. um a man and a woman meet up yep. every year whatever so I'm like, oh, this is going to be a play on that. And it was. She mentioned it in the book multiple mm. times. Main character is a young female who lives on Nantucket. She's a school teacher. And the male happens to be, like, a friend of her brother's. And, like, they're 18 and they have a romance. And they continue that romance for 28 summers. Oh even though he gets married and has a whole separate life, she never gets married. Yeah. She just dates. So, like, for the 28 chapters, you're, like, totally into it. And no judgment. I'm just saying it was a wonderful fantasy to think that this that. But the end. Oh, don't say anything. I'm not going to tell the okay, end. <laughs> but I would like to get together with 10 or 12 women with a couple of bottles of wine and talk about the end. Well, let's do it. I was like, what the heck? And I was so angry. Sometimes I get so angry at a book, you know. And I, mm -hmm. I was angry. And I had given this book to my best friend for her birthday. And she um, finished it and sent me a picture. And she's like, I'm sobbing at the end. I'm like, you're sobbing? <laughs> I'm, like, so mad still. I just want to have this conversation. And thank goodness uh, a patron of the library posted on her Facebook page, I just finished 28 Summers and I am so mad. Does anybody want to talk about it? And I immediately responded. I'm like, Pick me. Pick me. So I'm sure there's chat groups out there that I could mm. join and my anger could <laughs> be shared with others, but I'm letting it go. I forgive her. I think she finished the book in St. Thomas during the pandemic mm -hmm. and the publishers were like, hurry up, the grid's going down. That happens a lot when I read a book. Yeah, because it, it, it wrapped up Come on. in the last chapter, not in the way I think any of us thought it was going to wrap up. So if you haven't read it yet, I will not finish just the end for you. You're going to um, love being on Nantucket. It is just like her writing. It sweeps you away. 99% of it, I was totally on board with and, um the end I was like what the heck so you might cry you might think it's awesome and it's her know. best book ever but I was angry so <laughs> anyways and then the other book uh, that I read because you know I love nonfiction. Um, I'm gonna read it from Mary it's called breath the new science of a lost art by James Nestor and I challenge you to read this book and not change how you breathe while you're reading the book you're like I have been breathing wrong my whole life what? and you can't help but start breathing the correct way through your nose uh, with a 5.5 second inhale and then a 5.5 second exhale and what this author did is this is not a new way of breathing this goes back to like the Egyptians figured this out that if you close they taught their babies apparently to close their mouths and breathe through their nose this has always been taught lots of cultures and it's part of like yoga breathing but um, a lot of diseases are related to mouth breathing and I'm a known mouth breather in my family. There's pictures of me as a little girl laying on the bed, like asleep with my arm over my head. It looked funny, you know, so they would take a picture of it. But my father <laughs> slept that way too. And what did he die of? Like all these relatable diseases. So it can, it can increase your blood pressure, 
Um, it's related to a lot of, of course, pulmonary diseases. It brings germs in a different way. Your nasal cavities close up. So all those people who think they have a deviated septum or whatever, it has nothing to do with, your nose is just growing together because you're not breathing through it. All of our orthodontics could be changed if we just close babies' mouths and have them breathe through their nose because apparently the space behind your nose is supposed to be the size of like a tennis ball and it just shrinks if you don't breathe wow. through your nose. Well, how do you fix it if you are my husband? Close your mouth. Breathe through your nose. So all my brother is a dentist, and he treats people who have sleep apnea and snoring issues, and it is mostly cured through this breathing pattern. So, like, if you start breathing this way, it opens up the area, and then you won't have this anymore. And so this... So an old dog can be taught? Yes. So this author taped his mouth. He was part of a study, and he <laughs> taped his mouth shut with just, like, a little surgical tape, you know, like stuff mm -hmm. you can get first aid tape. He taped his mouth and slept that way for 30 days and he and another guy got their blood tested and everything and like all of his, so many of his health issues went away. Ooh, I was like, oh, it was awesome. So even if you don't change how you breathe or anything, it was a very interesting read. I think if my family's listening, you might get a copy for Christmas because <laughs> some of these things I thought were genetic in our family, I'm like, oh, it just could, it could be a mouth breathing thing. And it said that the bacteria in your mouth so much more if you sleep with your mouth open makes total sense I have eight root canals right and I've always blamed my parents for like not checking if we flossed or whatever but I'm like oh like a light bulb I'm like oh my gosh do I, is that why because of course we brushed and everything but like they said your mouth is closed at night less bacteria yeah. I'm like how do you teach someone that exactly. so yeah, very interesting I, I love <laughs> this book I love this book. That's my book of the summer, and I'm actually awesome. returning it tomorrow uh, because I've had it on my bedside, and I should have returned it a long time ago. So there we are for recommendations. Awesome. We are going to get ready for our interview. We're going to take a quick pause, drink some water, and we'll be back with Sophia. Yay! All right. We're entering the interview phase of the podcast, and I want to welcome... Sophia, our library assistant. Hi, Sophia. Uh, this Hello. Is, this is a welcome and a farewell party, <laughs> right? Sophia is our library assistant of two years, and we traditionally hire a teen in the community to help us at the library, uh, but they always leave us to go to college because they're always smarties, <laughs> and uh, we have been on the edge of our seats waiting to see if Sophia is going to college and if they're going to be opening. So, Sophia, what is the good news? So, um, the plan pretty much all summer has been that we are going to go back, especially because I'm going for baking and pastry arts, so I need to have lab classes, you know? Where are you going? Johnson & Wales University in Providence. Nice. And so, um, they finally decided that they're going to have a staggered move-in week, you know, to kind of minimize the contact between parents and kids, because there's going to be a whole bunch of people there. Um, and they're only allowing currently first years and any upperclassmen with a lab class uh, to stay on campus. But um, everyone else is going to have to learn remote if you don't have a lab class. So I'm glad I'm a first year, you know. So what's your start date? My start date is, I'm pretty sure it's either the 28th or the 30th. I move in on the 26th, so it's going to give me a little bit of time to kind of settle down, I hope. Uh, lots of colleges are putting people in singles, which is unheard of for freshmen. Usually mm -hmm. they pile those bodies in and grab that tuition and mm -hmm. say, make it work. Do you have a roommate? Yes, I do. I've been talking with her for a while, and originally I didn't want a roommate, but um, she just, <laughs> she reached out to me. A freshman of you, I don't want yeah. a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she reached out to me, and we kind of just like clicked, and I really like her. She's from New York City, and we're getting along pretty well, and... We got a, generally they cram four people into a room about the size of like the children's area. Mm. So um, I would not have liked that, but luckily they gave it to us for just me and Caitlin. We are going to share a bathroom with the dorm next to us, which is fine. I don't really care about that. Uh, I just didn't want like a full floor bathroom because those are, those are gross. It's I've true, but it's before. a learning moment on how to live communally with people that you hate. So <laughs> we all... So, it's a growth moment. And you um, don't have to clean the bathroom that way. Right. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, but daughter. then nobody cleans the bathroom that true. way. true. It's possible. No. You haven't been to college in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I've visited a lot of my friends who have that. Okay, so you said she's from New York City. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not to be nosy, but do you guys have to quarantine before you go? Do you have to take a COVID test? So the only people who have to quarantine are people who are coming from states who have higher than 5% um, in COVID cases. 
Uh, currently, Caitlin moved to New Jersey, so New Jersey has less than five percent, and New Hampshire obviously has less than five percent. So, it. Um, <laughs> neither of us have to quarantine. Thank God. I think I'd go crazy for two weeks just sitting there. You could do it. No, I you couldn't. Could. I need to talk to people. <laughs> I I don't know if I talked about this, but I, I I wanted to mention that the health of our community has been you know excellent. We right. we haven't reported any uh, weeks with more than you know we're in the one to four, which you don't have to say whether it's one or mm -hmm. four. And in general, New Hampshire has been outstanding. And um, so, so if you are a, a college student from New Hampshire, they're like, come on down, you know, like, like no, yeah, no rules for New Hampshire kids. But I know my daughter's school, they're up to 39 states that do have to quarantine on arrival. Um, it's the same thing. It's like the 5% rule. But I felt so happy. You know, they're like, okay, we're going to move you into a hotel room at this amount of money. And you're going to have to stay there for two weeks and we're going to deliver food and like, you're like what like so much more complicated than the regular drop you off good luck mm -hmm. um so that's good for you mm -hmm. you get a roommate and you don't have to like do anything strange definitely <laughs> excellent um i'm gonna go a little bit retro and talk about graduation that was a big drama this mm -hmm. summer are we gonna yeah. have graduation are we not and you went to milford high school so yes. what'd they do for graduation so they split us up into three different portions alphabetically and we went onto our football field. Generally, the audience sits in the bleachers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the field. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And like the graduates go up on stage and they're sitting on the field. But uh, this year we did, you were only allowed to bring three people with you. So I brought my mom, my dad, and my sister. Um, they gave you the diploma when you showed up. And so your parents would hand it to you. So we didn't get to go up on stage at all. Um, and, then we, and then we went to, uh, four by four little seating chairs with like six feet apart obviously and um I it was really hot that day <laughs> I didn't really want to go um uh I thought it would be because it was going to be quick so that they can like kind of funnel everyone through but um everybody and their mother decided that they were qualified to give a speech so I had to sit <laughs> through that that was very fun. I'm sure you were inspired. Something you'll remember. Yeah, I remember something about like a salmon metaphor, but that's about it. Okay. I don't remember anything else. That's good feedback for the Milford administration. Yeah. No talking. Don't make it hot. And we want to go. Yep. yep. Okay, well, I feel like you were lucky to have one. Yes, um, I definitely I'm sure was. there's still schools out there. I saw. Um, on Instagram the other day a graduation that just happened in August so as you know schools are going back they're still mm -hmm. trying to finish up so that's good you got to do it and yeah. you had a party or a celebration you felt like you, it actually is over yeah all right talk a little bit about why um, you're choosing culinary as your your future major all right um in Johnson well, Wales yeah a little bit about that well I've always like really liked to cook and bake and my family, uh, it's really emphasized cooking and baking is very important. Like my mom always makes home She's cooked meals. She is really good. Mm -hmm. uh, my aunt is a huge baker on my dad's side. And um, my grandma, she's born and raised Italian. So, you know, she's, she's a hardcore cooker. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's like so many different people who, and I like first learned how to cook when I was like three. Like it's just really been deeply ingrained in me for my whole life. And so- Food is love. Make yeah. it an occupation. Exactly. Yeah. And like I started, so I decided to take a culinary class in high school and it like took you through like a bunch of different parts of like kitchen, like front of the house, back of the house and bakery. And my favorite part by far was bakery. Like I, it's different with cooking. Cause I feel like I have like kind of a natural skill at baking that I don't really have at cooking. Cause it's all very precise where cooking is just more like you have to like put in how much you feel is right. But like baking is like you have to put in this exact amount otherwise like the bread won't rise you know something mm -hmm. like will go wrong if you put in like quarter cup more of something right. you know now this wasn't your only job you actually did have a food service job where else did you work um right now i'm working at buckley's bakery and cafe i started off there with an internship through my school and then when the internship ended my boss leanna who is great she invited me to stay and to have like an actual job there and she offered me the job all throughout college so when i come back for holidays that's a resume and, builder right there yeah and a recommendation and summer reading program they welcome me back not summer reading program <laughs> sorry different job, yeah. different job. That in your right. brain. during summer vacation um i get to come back and work so i'm excited about that and yeah and Good. 
it's so exciting that you've already know your passion. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of kids who know that. Usually you're going in and taking gen eds and you're like, I'll figure it out. I think I want to be an engineer. And the next thing you know, they're a business major. So yeah. um, I'm excited for you. That's a great school. Here's one thing I know about your school. And I might even come down to visit. You have a cookbook museum. Oh yeah, Ooh. I actually can went. Can you in work there? there? Yeah, you yeah. can. Um, I went in there during my tour of it. And it's so cool because wow. you know, I, I have cool, a passion yeah. for cookbooks, and we went down and did a tour when Grace was looking at culinary schools, and like I could have stayed in there all day. And your library has a phenomenal collection of cookbooks. Yeah. I know you think we have too many here, but wait till you go there. <laughs> it's like a wall of cookbooks. Yeah, so that's kind of like one of the cool things on your campus that a normal college campus would not have. Yeah, so exactly. I, I um, they were closed the day we did our visit, so I've always wanted to go back. So we might meet you for lunch. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the last question before our speed round, and that is, everybody wants to know, what is the best thing you got for your dorm room, in your opinion? Um, probably, um, oh God, I don't know. Uh, they already give you a mini fridge and a microwave and all that. No, they don't. You have to buy that. Rent it? Buy it? You have to rent it. Um, the only thing they give you is a wardrobe, a bed, and a desk. Okay. So probably like just If I walk into stuff, your room. Honestly. What is going to be the thing I see that? That's so yeah, cool. Twinkle lights. I should have got that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a bunch of twinkle lights. We're kind of An illegal tapestry? <laughs> yeah, literally. They don't allow us to have tapestries. I'm going to hang it up anyways, and if they tell me to take it down, then Says every the college student. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is the RA coming? I'm taking it down. Yeah. Um, but I bought, like, I bought most like the stuff necessary because me and my roommate are splitting the cost, so I got like a TV stand so I don't have to put my TV on the floor. TV? Um, TV? Yeah. You ain't got time for TV! <laughs> and and, um, Do they have cable in dorm rooms? No. Oh, it's a smart TV, so it has like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, wow. Disney Plus. Right. Yeah. So my kids had always been Tons in a change. room with multiple people. <laughs> yeah. So one TV did not make sense. Everybody had earphones on with their laptop watching Netflix, right? Because mm -hmm. if you have three, four roommates, someone's going to be like, um, I don't want to listen to that, you know? Mm -hmm. So interesting. Yeah. You're going to get a TV. Mm -hmm. All right, that sounds like the best thing in a dorm room, I think. <laughs> because, I mean, like, I'm going to be out of the dorm room for, like, six hours, and I know my roommate's going to be is stuck inside. Is she baking inside, in so. pastry? Or is she no, she's it? event planning, which I didn't know was a major, but it's pretty cool. Oh, yes. Wow. Thousands of dollars in event planning. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. All right, well, you know we wish you the best of luck, but... Before you leave, we have to do the speed round. That's and Joanne's in charge of speed round. Oh, Are you ready? ready? I'm ready. I'm ready for the bell. I'm excited. Okay, ready? Yes. Last book you read. Um, what Einstein told his cook. Ooh, Ooh that was a fast response. Very good. She's yeah. a reader. I'm always worried about that question because I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Like, I don't read. I'm gonna... <laughs> but so anyway. Mm -hmm. right. Favorite cookie. Oh, um... Snickerdoodle, definitely. Really? Ooh, mm -hmm. Ooh, baking and pastry, she knows. Alright, this one. Secret talent. Um, pitching my voice. I can go pretty high and pretty low. Really? Yeah. I did not know that about her. I yeah. two years. You think you know somebody. <laughs> Alright, this one I'm really curious about. Be honest. <laughs> okay. Worst job we ever made you do in the library. <laughs> oh, um, holiday books. I hate those things so much. Carrying them up and down. I can't tell you how many times when I was putting them up there, there's no space. They all fall on me. They hit. I have gotten so many cuts on my oh, face from them falling on me. Yeah, I need like a hard hat. I don't know what you're talking about. Up and it down. might be like my height is definitely a factor in that because I can't reach the top of the shelf. Do you hate it worse than decorating the tree? I like decorating the tree because oh. I feel comfortable on that ladder because I can actually reach, you know? 30 feet in the air. It's fine. Holiday books on a Stool, I'm never doing it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep that in mind. And I have one more, and then we're going to give it to Amy. All right. Best childhood memory of life in Mount Vernon? Um, Halloween, definitely. Yeah. We what have about? such a, um, like, just going around and, because I've never lived in, like, I liked how it was organized. I like organized things, you know, like mm -hmm. these are the houses. We got like maps and stuff. Because mm -hmm. um, in Milford, it was just kind of a free for all. So you would just like drive into random neighborhoods and hope and pray that they'd have Ooh, candy. That's creepy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just typical Milford things. Yeah. And, um, but up here, like it's, and it felt a lot safer too, especially if I wanted to go out with my friends alone. Like mm -hmm. it was all well lit and like there were parents around everywhere, you know, it wasn't just us traveling down a dark road. Mm -hmm. 
to hopefully find candy. So I think that was. And I think Halloween, obviously. to be honest, is every child's favorite memory of. Well, we're working on we're making working sure it happens. It's not camp, sure. yeah, everybody. It's, it's not. Yeah. You can. That's right. All right, that was very good. Right, bonus, question. Has a bonus, bonus question. Bonus question. Yes. All right, what is your favorite dessert to bake? Oh, pies, definitely. Oh, apple, what? specifically oh. apple pies. I've been doing that for a while because it's just like, and I also make the pie dough from scratch. It's very calming to me, like to just make uh, apple pies. You can pies make a whole business out of pies. Oh, yeah. We yeah. do not people, have a pie bakery here. It's people like, don't know how to make pies. Yeah, I go to Black Forest Cafe because I love their crust. And, like, I think Market Basket for $3.99, that can't be a good pie, right? That's not. So <laughs> you come back and set up a pie shop. All right. Somewhere on Main Street. I'll have a little stand, like, Sophia's right outside the sweet, library. sweet to the bottom pie <laughs> after Amy's book recommendation. And you are going to be a huge success. We have a present for you. <laughs> present, oh, thank present. you. You can't see it on the podcast. <laughs> so describe it in 10 words or less. <laughs> so it's a maroon shirt. It says Mount Vernon with the coordinates. In case cute. you get lost and you oh, don't yeah, know how to course. get home. <laughs> now, it doesn't make sense now, but when you go to college, you're mixing and mingling with a ton of different people from all over the country. And this is your brand. You are Mount Vernon, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that my kids, when they were at college, you know, like saying you're from your hometown, like it's a pride moment that you never had before. Right, because you've only lived here, and then you get right. to this place, and they're like, "I'm from California. I'm from New York." You say, "Yeah, guess what? I'm from New Hampshire." Look at my look at my T-shirt. So, uh, if it's not the color you want, feel free to go oh, exchange no, it's all set. from the I general like store, our sponsor of our <laughs> event. <laughs> they are our interview sponsor, um, so that's a gift to you from the general store. Thank you so much, Dan. You, you are welcome. All right, I think that's it for us. Um, I am ready to hear the town bells. And it's time. I know it's time for. It's actually four o'clock uh, ish, and that means that Madison and Sophia have to head into the library and put books away. Sorry, you have to go to work, but we're done, and we're. I'm just thrilled that the podcast is back and that we're heading towards reopening the library. Thank you, everybody. And be safe, be well, mask up, Mont Vernon. It's the right. littlest thing. Get a cute mask, put it on, save us. So, all right, everybody, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.